It is my honor to utter the four most powerful words ever spoken in a democracy. The people have spoken. That is Democratic U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock, who defeated Republican challenger Herschel Walker in a runoff election yesterday in Georgia. Incredibly, incredibly tight. Um, it's, you know, it's one race of many in the recent midterms, uh, but it's a really, really important one, very, very closely watched for a number of reasons. So let's get into it. Uh, we're going to chat now uh, with Matt Lebo, who is department chair and a professor of political science at Western University. Matt, thank you once again for joining us. Appreciate your time. Sure. Good morning. So I guess most importantly, and the reason that this was so closely watched and uh, by everybody around the country is because this victory gives Democrats an outright majority in the Senate, right? That's right. So the um, in the previous Congress, or with the one that's ending now, it was 50-50. And so votes would be, uh, if they were tied with, uh, you know, complete party line voting, then the vice president would come in and break the tie. But uh, with a 50-50 split, there was also a power sharing arrangement where Democrats, Republicans had equal number of people on uh, committees as well. And the Democrats now don't have to do that. And so a lot of things will be much easier for Democrats, at least in the Senate. Yeah, in the Senate. So when we talk about those committees and the way that the process itself works, they don't need to. I mean, they still have to include some Republicans, do they not? For sure. For sure. But there will be a majority. And so right. there won't be ties within those committees. And then when there's a tie in the in a committee, then the entire Senate has to sort of pull something out of the committee to get it to the Senate floor. And that, you know, with 50-50, everything was so much more difficult. Things won't not be easy, but they will be easier. But like you say, that's in the Senate. Republicans still right. control the House. So it's not like they've got a free pass on anything, right? There's still that... Um, that split when it comes to the different branches of, of, of the government. For sure. And so the passing of legislation will be, you know, uh, incredibly difficult. Democrats will have the presidency in the Senate, but legislation needs to pass both houses. Um, so it's really unlikely that anything, uh, will get, will get done. Um, but the Senate has lots of things that they do without the House, most importantly, uh, nominations, uh, conf- confirmations of uh, judicial nominations. So if a, um, a spot opens up on the Supreme Court, then having a 51st senator is a, is a big difference. Um, cabinet positions, other, other court positions. Um, 51 is a much better number than 50. Um, in terms of, and like you say, in terms of getting legislation passed and things like that, not holding the House and the Senate will make things extremely difficult for the White House. What about going the other way? Because we know the Republicans, now that they have control, well, they still have control of the House. Uh, they have a number of plans that they wanted to bring into place. They were talking about, you know, if they won the Senate, they'd be talking about all kinds of different things. What does this mean for them in terms of, you know, impeaching Joe Biden and some of the other things that they talked about? Does this change that at all? Well, the House, I expect, will um, proceed with investigations, lots of investigations of uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, and they will you know, want to spend the next two years just trying to give um, uh, the impression of corruption, that uh, the president is corrupt and a lot of lead up to the 2024. But especially with impeachment, um, passing articles of impeachment can happen in the House, but the trial is in the Senate. Right, yes. And so, so long as the Democrats hold the Senate, then nothing serious will, um, will come of it, you know, legally for, uh, for the president or anybody in, in the executive branch. It, it, 
Yeah. It's quite a system, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, interestingly, outside of all of that and, and, and you know, looking ahead to 2024, it was really fascinating to watch um, the conservative reaction to what happened yesterday. And there's a lot of talk about two things, I think. And first and foremost, the quality of the candidates that the party put forward. There was a consensus, even among the most strident conservative commentators that I watched last night, that Herschel Walker was not fit for office in any way. And they can't can't um, put forward people like that anymore. They need to do a better job with candidates. But um, the people just flat out rejected him. If you take a look at the way they voted for the governor in Georgia, he did very, very well. But on the same ballot, Herschel Walker would drop by eight, nine, ten points. So they just they flat out rejected the candidate. So the Republican Party taking a look at saying, you know what, we've got to do a better job on picking our candidates going forward. For sure. I mean, if there had been a a good candidate in Georgia and a good candidate in Pennsylvania, then Republicans might control both the House and the Senate today. And um, so it's it's part of it is uh, the system of primaries, where a famous person with good name recognition has a huge head start in the primaries. And so Herschel Walker is a Georgia football star. Uh, people knew who he was. He had lots of money, and um, uh, that helps him get the primary. And of course, he had. Uh, Donald Trump's endorsement, and so that gives him lots of uh, airtime too and, uh, and support. And th- that system is really dangerous because it's, it sets up these people who, who um, will do so badly in the general election compared to what um, a better qualified candidate would do. And the, the, the Republican Party is just giving away opportunities mm-hmm. to, to gain uh, seats in the House and in the Senate and, and perhaps, you know, perhaps for the presidency as well. You mentioned the backing of Donald Trump, and that was another thing a lot of them were talking about. You take a look at the candidates that Trump put forward, the ones that he backed. You can think about, you know, uh, Dr. Oz. You can think about Kerry Lake. You can think about Herschel Walker. The list goes on. They lost. A lot of them lost, and you've got people in the Republican Party and saying, you know what, we've, we've got to move away from this. It doesn't have the cachet that it used to. Does that make a big difference going into 2024 in the way that that party positions itself around Donald Trump? I think so. There's just a continuous stream of uh, indicators that Donald Trump will be a weaker candidate in 2024 than he was in either 2016 or 2020. Um, and there's there's lots that happens between now and primaries beginning. You know, lots of um, uh, Republican elites have to decide where they're going to get their money, who they're going to quietly push for. Uh, campaign uh, campaigns can ramp up for Ron DeSantis or for somebody yeah. else, and and there's all this quiet stuff that goes on. Nobody may stand up and say that's it. We have to get rid of Donald Trump and say it loudly and uh, worry about his uh, the backlash from his supporters. But there's lots of quiet stuff that's going on trying to position the Republican Party away from him. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to watch. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for your time. As always, appreciate it.